Please support the Climate Change and Happiness podcast. See the donate page at climatechangeandhappiness.com. The climate is changing at an accelerating pace. Thousands of residents and tourists have been evacuated from the region. No one country can solve this problem. There's really one key message that emerges from this report. We are out of time. Welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, an international podcast that explores the personal side of climate change, your feelings, what the crisis means to you, and how to cope and thrive. And now, your hosts, Thomas Doherty and Panu Pikala. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Thomas Doherty. And I am Panu Pikala. And welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, our podcast. This is a show for people around the world who are thinking and feeling deeply about climate change and other environmental issues. Uh, so we're here talking about the personal side, how you feel in your heart, how you balance and hold all these emotions, of course, with all the other things that are going on in the world and in your world. Yeah, today we're talking about, it's later in the year of 2023, and Panu and I are talking about different feelings and feelings coming out of Panu's research and my experience working with people and our own life experiences. And so I want you all to think about your own life experiences and what's going on for you. And Panu, I know you had, you've done a lot of work on very specific feelings and you had some thoughts about some feelings you wanted to get to today. Yes, exactly. And one of the very important emotions in relation to environmental issues is anger in its many forms. And this is closely related to a long-standing interest of both of us, namely language and emotion and feeling words in different languages. In Finnish, we tend to use two words for this feeling, anger uh, and hate, suuttumus and viha would be the Finnish equivalent. Some psychologists prefer to use Mm. viha, uh, hate, uh, for the general term, I personally prefer suuttumus, anger, uh, as, a, as the broader term, mm-hmm. uh, because there is also the very important positive energy in being able to defend boundaries, which are important, mm-hmm. and being able to mm-hmm. persevere uh, in fighting for justice. But of course, in our human lives, sometimes we fight where we shouldn't fight, and our estimations of justice and injustice are varied. So this is the human human condition. But a specific aspect that I asked Thomas that we could talk about is bitterness. bitterness. And that's something that is not commonly talked about in relation to ecological issues, even though it's very easy to see various forms of bitterness happening uh, amidst all the ecological changes and the disputes about environmental issues. And there's definitely different shades and connotations in bitterness also. But um, what does the word bring to your your mind, Thomas? Bitterness. Yeah, I, um, well, when Panu broached the subject, I, you know, bitter, I had the reaction that most people would as well, that sounds like a bitter topic. And so I pulled back. But but really, it's actually, I think, a, a really helpful topic for us to talk about, you know, what to what to do when we feel bitter. What is bitterness? Uh, we've talked about a lot of different feelings. This is a tough uh, feeling. It's It can be quite toxic, actually, to feel bitter. 
but I think that's why we that's why we need to get some tools to manage our our, our bitterness. And um, you know, I was looking into this, and there's actually some really good content uh, out there on from from the, in the therapy world about dealing with feelings of bitterness because we feel bitter when we're when when we feel that we've been wronged when something unfair has happened to us uh and also and we and we feel powerless to do anything about it so there's a there's there's some certain ingredients that lead to this feeling of bitterness you know powerlessness wronged unfair and it's a very downer feeling it's a pinched you think of the cliche of the old bitter old person and people often say oh i don't want to become a bitter old person you know and that cliche is the person that's always frowning and isn't is 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 uh, irritable and has no friends and and so there's a there's a sense of being trapped uh bitterness can trap us in a dark place and it's really bad toxic for our bodies as well it's not good for our health it's like other toxic emotions like chronic irritability or chronic stress so like all these emotions, we can't eliminate it because it's a natural thing that happens. It's natural to feel bitter. But I've found some interesting examples of people that have channeled some of the ingredients of bitterness into more more uh, positive emotions and more healthy emotions. Um, you want to talk a little bit, Panu, about um, some of the Finnish words, uh, and, and we'll kind of keep it to the Finnish words today, too, to keep give us a little bit of a sense of uh, uh, world um, distance and, and perspective. So what are what are some of the ways that Finnish people talk about bitterness? Mm. Yes, thanks for asking. We use the word katkera and katkeruus, which actually mm-hmm. is also related to a bitter taste in a drink. Mm-hmm. So that's similar with, with English. And the same words can be used of of people's reactions and, and feelings. And it's quite different to feel sometimes bitterness and being able to feel also other things or being stuck in a sort of general mood of bitterness. Yeah. It's almost becomes a disposition in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that the most toxic forms of bitterness are those which sort of get stuck with us and uh, I have them have the view that then some emotional energies are being stuck and in different cases it may, it may be different energies you know feelings of injustice but also sometimes I think grief and sadness can be ingredients uh, in a more malicious bitter bitterness I did this book in Finland about various eco-emotions and many of those were then translated in this academic article called Toward a Taxonomy of Climate Emotions, which Thomas uh, read also mm-hmm. in the draft form and that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of these more malicious feeling words did not end up in that article. And so I have a small chapter on ecological bitterness or eco-bitterness, if we call that, in my Finnish Finnish book. And grudges are one part of that. And then there's a separate chapter about pahantahtoisuus. Paha means evil or malice. So I guess sort of maliciousness might be the English 
translation or malevolence. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of kinds of words we didn't learn at English lessons in Finnish schools, so they are a bit tricky for us non-native yeah. native spe- speakers. But that's one spectrum of feelings which can be present in uh, environmental discourses and reactions also. And uh, even though they are not pleasant, they might serve a function sometimes. And I think that we need to talk about them also. Yeah, I mean. It's interesting, just just to kind of keep it moving forward, you know, we feel like we've been mistreated, uh, and I think people will hold on to this. We get hooked. We get hooked by these feelings, particularly when we can't do anything about it. I, I know that I've felt bitter at different times when I've had, you know, um, loss of a relationship or felt felt wronged or someone betrayed me or left me. As we speak, there's many unfolding traumas in the world. We have very, you know, um, violence and fighting and bombings going on in Gaza and in the Middle East that are daily on our, on our news screens, if we're accessing that. Um, and so we can see actually the outcomes of, uh, bitterness playing out in the world as well. Um, so I know from a psychological side, Working with bitterness is similar to other emotions we've talked about. We have to, first of all, notice and name these feelings and express them, you know, and then get them outside of ourselves um, so we can we can temporarily unhook, unhook from them. And that means like little physically unhooking, letting go of my bitterness uh, or moving it outside of myself for a little while through language. Uh, and then, you know, what are the core values? We hurt where we care. So... I think that's a key to dealing with bitterness is reminding ourselves, oh, I have values that were damaged, either my own self-respecting values or my own personal safety or values about the world. Um, so identifying our values, I think that's what brings the, I don't know, it brings the light in or it brings the, it brings this positive, healthy energy because values are typically healthy. Uh, and then taking some action in, in accordance with our values, um, whatever that happens to be. Obviously, it's really difficult, and some of this takes on a more of a meditative mindfulness piece of just sitting sitting with some of these things. But it's that unhooking, it's that ability to sit, um, and then noticing when our um, bitterness leads us to feel um, some of these other feelings that you've talked about, having a grudge, feeling malice, um, aggressive. Those are, those are those ones we have to decide, like, are, are those really are those really useful or not? Like what's the, what's the, what's, the, what's, uh, what, what, what's the usefulness here? Mm-hmm. Um, does that come up in your work or are there, are there, are there, I wonder if there are Finnish words around, you know, standing for your feelings or standing for, or standing for your values. I mean, yes, that's a very good, good question. Uh, I think we probably use several words to describe those, those kinds of things being true to your values and we use the concept of uskollisuus which is literally faithfulness mm, and, well usko, usko is faith but you know uskollisuus also faithfulness to your values and who you are and want to, want to be mm. so so that's one one aspect of of it and and as as i hear hear you say this experience of feeling that injustice has been done 
is of course very important and I have used a special feeling word for that epäreiluuden tunne, a feeling of unfairness mm-hmm. and that resonates with many people in the eco-emotion workshops for example. So, so it's, it's literally not strong aggression or anger in that sense necessarily that may be involved but it's a more general feeling of unfairness. And I know that some folks in English call that moral outrage, for example. But then uh, outrage, just as a single word, tends to refer to a rather strong reaction. So again, we are facing the difficulties of language that I don't think that the way that philosophers talk about moral outrage translates completely to common language, so to speak. But anyway, this topic of having very reasonable feelings of unfairness and so-called moral outrage, that's very important to recognize. And there may be good reasons for a certain kind of bitterness, but then how to avoid that kind of bitterness, which you also described, Thomas, which then becomes toxic and does not really help you or anyone, any, anyone else. So, so that's a big, big question. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for the listeners, I mean, working with our feelings, sometimes it's helpful to personify our feelings and, and uh, our emotions. So if you think of a, we've used this metaphor, the emotions uh, party, you know, if I have a party of my different emotions, uh, they're all there. The, the bitterness, if we personified bitterness, it would be that that kind of really bitter looking person sitting in the in the corner, not talking to anyone and, and looking, looking unapproachable and looking passive aggressive. And I can, I can remember times when I've done that in my life, particularly when I was younger and, and immature and sitting there. And so how do we bring that person into the group? And, you know, they, <laughs> they need a hug. They need, <laughs> they need compassion. They're hurt. Um, so it's not easy to deal with people that are bitter because they're very prickly and they're, but if we can, in our own mind, welcome our bitterness and, and, and join with it and, you know, help it you know, have other emotions like, like righteous anger, you know, the sword and the shield of our self-protection and uh, even, you know, moral outrage, but also mm-hmm. compassion and kindness and understanding and then, you know, help, help, help our bitterness to speak and say what, what, what it's, how it's been hurt, um, you know, that kind of self, self-soothing. I think then we're going in a different, a, a different direction with the bitterness. It's, it's actually a way to grow. Um, you, you mentioned in our, in our um, pre-conference uh, before we spoke today about different, you know, there's chosen loss where we, we grieve. There's a grieving of, of things that have been lost. I think bitterness is unmourned loss. Mm-hmm. That's another way to think about it. There hasn't been a ceremony or a, or a way to grieve for it. Um, and so um, some climate people talk about, you know, mourning our losses or having chosen losses like we know we're going to let go of certain positive things like always being able to fly in a plane when we want. And uh, we can be bitter about that, but we can also say, well, I'm choosing this because of my values. And so that um, that just adds this kind of positive, for lack of a better word, but it adds a positive tone, like it's an, it's an approaching so we're we're kind of bringing in, bringing in our bitterness, um, mm-hmm. or having good anger, as you've talked about this idea. 
Yeah, yeah, Rosemary Randall, who we also talked with at an earlier episode, uh, wrote about chosen laws in relation to climate matters in 2009, and George Marshall, a climate communication expert who has written a very easily approachable book called Don't Even Think About It. So he's also discussing this notion that we shouldn't just expect people to give up things Um, because of environmental ethics and climate reasons, but they need to be recognized and mourned those losses. And I think that's that's very, very wise. And what I see now among some environmentally minded people is that, especially after COVID-19, when lots of people start to do more uh, environmentally intensive things, Uh, again, like like flying, if they have the money money for it, there may be a, a sort of half-hidden bitterness. So that's not the uh, apparently grumpy and bitter guy at the party, mm-hmm. but that that's a, that's the person who looks a bit more normal. But just underneath, there is this this bitterness mm-hmm. uh, about things. And once again, I think that if those dynamics are talked about. Uh, and the difficult emotions and contradictions are recognized, then it gets easier. But if we don't talk talk about them and recognize them, it gets even even more more difficult. Yeah. So we can just you know, bitterness is like a territory that we're in, and when we're in that territory, we need to be careful. You know, one of the things when you you know uh, when you Google climate bitterness, which I both Pan and I did just as we were thinking about this, you come on articles about a beer actually and how the <laughs> The hops that is, um, and it's that's a big where I actually live in Oregon, and um, as well the the hops that are that's grown to add the flavors to beer. This the bitterness, the pleasurable bitterness of beer. There they are actually changing because of climate change, and so there's a a threat to the beer industry both here and also traditional in traditional areas like Germany. So it speaks to that taste, that bitter taste. Certain parts of life have a bitter taste. But obviously, you know, creative uh, cooks and and beer makers have used have, have created bittersweet, bittersweet flavors and and pleasurable bitter bitter things. But I, I think about this actually a lot because the work I I do in Panu, working on this manuscript, I I have to drink bitter stuff every day to work on this manuscript and about climate coping. There's so much troublesome stuff we have to go through. Um, And it's like anything else, you know, if we stare too much, you know, into the, into the avoid, the avoid staring back into at us as well. And so we get, it's, it's, it's a kind of a, a vicarious trauma um, that I think can lead to bitterness. Also, um, the thing that I found helpful is um, Maisha Cherry is, a, is an African-American philosopher here in the U.S. And she's written very eloquently about when to forgive and when not to forgive a wrong and when holding on to a resentment is actually healthy mm-hmm. uh from her from her uh perspective um and i found that i found her work to be really um inspiring you know she says you know deliberate and appropriate resentment is an emotion that has the power to help us prevent wrongdoing and bring wrongdoers to justice i'm i'm quoting from one of her essays on on forgiveness. So, you know, resentment being an indicator that moral judging is taking place. It's not just a feeling, you know, it's an emotion that is intentional and, you know, cognitive content. It's it's an attitude. It's an actual thing that we can do. Um, it's also tied to self-respect. So 
holding on to resentment is a way to stay close to your values and not to not to just kind of capitulate. So there are ways I think to hold on to resentment, which is one of the core aspects of bitterness, mm. but holding on to resentment in a very value-based way, in a mindful way, because mm. we're standing for something higher, we're bearing witness to something in the world, and by forgiving it, we might actually not really make a change mm. in the world. Yeah, I think that's very profoundly put, and I've been very impressed and by Misha Cherry's work also, and there's now coming out articles on climate anger. Uh, Harriet Bergman wrote a piece called Anger in Response to Climate Breakdown this year, and she's applying Moisha Cherry and Audrey Lord and searching for this good kind of rage, because there are true injustices, and the aptness of anger discourse has been around, and, you know, criticizing sometimes people who are living in quite safe and privileged conditions who are then wary about all kinds of anger and pointing out that that may be unjust because if you are experiencing these injustices uh, it's very reasonable um, to feel resentment and moral moral anger so that's something i think that where we constantly have to learn from those communities and people who are su- suffering from various kinds of kinds of in- injustices and I think that in relation to climate matters, this kind of righteous climate anger is usually important. It's an energy and it, it sets boundaries and it can be linked with determination and grit. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the task is to avoid aggressive violence. Uh, but the way I've seen, for example, the new climate movements, they usually very deliberately educate their members exactly to avoid to, that kind of aggression. So I'm very, very glad that they have chosen the road of non-violent civil disobedience, for for example. At least most of them, and at least so far. Oh, of course, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, and it's tough, and we don't know what's in other people's hearts and minds. And so I, th- I often am counseling people to, um, you know, what I would say is just don't worry about other people. Worry about yourself <laughs> and focus on yourself, because we try to control other people, but we don't really know what's in their heart. We don't know what's useful for them or what's healthy, and we don't know what their living situation is. So, yes, there's a general, there's a, there's a general. Um, um, value of nonviolence, but, you know, people also get to decide and we don't know when someone is going to protect themselves or use violence. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a, that's a tough one, but I, 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 we cannot control other people, nor, nor do we know what's, what's really in their, their experience. So let's focus on our own, on our own stuff and how we can be our best self. Um, that's ultimately the only, the only control that we have in the world. Um, you know, so just understanding where bitterness is, there's um, malice. Like we, we actually want someone to feel hurt or pain, or we want to make our pain happen to someone else, or we carry a grudge um, against a person, um, which can be really, again, can be toxic contempt. You know, really hating. You mentioned Schadenfreude uh, earlier when we were we were planning. That's a great feeling. You know, I I've I've heard a lot of that. Um, from people even recently in the U.S. with some of the political struggles that are going on in our government. 
people that are already kind of disappointed in the government would say, well, I'm feeling some Freude because these people are struggling and, and they can't get their act together to, you know, to do legislation. And you mentioned, Pano, to me, this Cassandra Freude, this, uh, this idea that climate scientists feel this vindication, kind of a bitter pleasure in mm. saying, what I told you, see, it's happening. It's, uh, you didn't believe me and we could have done something about it, but now it's happening and now you're suffering. So that's, that's an interesting take on um, bitterness as well. Yeah, somebody coined this Cassandra Freude. So Cassandra, mm-hmm. referring to the Greek mythology and, you know, predictions. And then, you know, the trouble that if the predictions sound bad, most people don't want to believe them. But then if they actually happen, like has been the case for so many climate sci- scientists, then there may be this bitter pleasure of things going wrong in exactly the way you predicted, but no one believed you when it could have had more impact type of thing. I yeah. I noticed this from Katharina Hayhoe at some point, so she was resonating with with, with this. And Schaden uh, Freude also is very very hum- human. So my attempt at that is to sort of name that and recognize if that comes comes up, and then sort of making a virtuous effort to not to cultivate that intensively. So we come to the area of virtues and moral emotions also so we can't control our emotions and feelings fully but we can cultivate ourselves towards tending the emotional energies in more ethical ways so for example cultivating righteous anger and determination but also cultivating compassion as you say thomas yeah, so I like that cultivating. So we're holding our anger close to us mm-hmm. and we're not denying it, but we're also not letting it run the show. You know, we have a higher sense of our choice. I mean, it comes back to the feelings. You know, I've been doing feelings work and I traditionally have two questions. You know, what are you feeling and really working on expressing, which could include bitterness, it could include anger, it could include resentment. And then what do you want to feel? That's the that's that's the question of what feelings do I want to cultivate, add to the mix, make a part of my life? And that's more of the emotional regulation task. And we can add feelings and 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 bring our attention to different kinds of feelings. But the third question I've been asking lately is, you know, what what do you need to feel? What's what do you ought to feel? Like where is the growth factor here? Sometimes we need to be able to sit with a troubling feeling even if it feels terrible because it's part of our life and it's a reality and we need to learn from it and, and make peace with it. And so that, that's a wisdom question, you know? And so again, if we can be wise and realize that we do have all of these, these, you know, Freude, like it is, it is a wild feeling. It's a natural. If I've been, been wronged and the person who wronged me is then suffering, I'm going to feel a little bit of pleasure in their suffering. Um, that's something that just happens. Um, but just noticing that and accepting that, but you know, standing for our, standing for our values, mm, you know, mm. uh, talking and and also the connecting with other people. I think um, bitterness and loneliness um, go together in a mm. uh, when bitterness and loneliness are hanging out together at your emotions party. That's <laughs> not a good idea because they don't help each other. They drag each mm. other down. They're like two friends that are dragging each other down, and so. But fight or flight response, and when we're stressed, 
It is also the tend and, tend and befriend response where we, we care for each other and we soothe each other. And so, you know, part, if part of us is bitter, it, it needs some TLC. It needs some tender, loving care. Mm. We have to care for that. Either get it, give it to ourselves or help other people. So there's a whole uh, self-care piece here. Mm. And long-term bitterness, the, 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 the bitter, angry person that we, that stereotype, that, that person is often lonely and isolated and stiff and cold and not feeling cared for. Um, mm. And it's, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very sad. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. I think that's very, very well said. And there's this classic movies, for example, about bitter, usually old men mm-hmm. who are then sort of rescued by a compassionate compassionate woman i know that's with gender stereotypes there in those those movies but just uh, sort of reminding of this dynamic that there can indeed be a strong strong need for for love and care under underneath but then one final aspect that i wanted to mention is pride and healthy pride because i know that some people are starting to feel bitterness because they have done a lot for the climate for example and then they see others perhaps not doing so much or seemingly not doing so much and then feeling bit bitterness but then cultivating healthy pride for having done the right thing or having tried to do the right thing i think is very important so that goes back to the cultivation part and also values and identity that you have talked about a lot lot thomas so that would be one one more aspect of this bitterness dilemma so instead of Uh, heavy bitterness trying to also cultivate healthy pride yeah so listeners we're gonna we're gonna come to the end here but this is kind of an example you know of, of, of Pano and I talking about very difficult feelings but expressing our own and getting into it so we come out uh, feeling slightly you know more connected with each other and more connected with ourselves and, and, and our values and so this is when you're when you're having your own climate conversations, This is the kind of way to kind of approach it, you know, bringing a lot of tools to the table and, and recognizing there's a lot of feelings to be had. And um, we don't want to, we can't eliminate our feelings. That's impossible and it's not healthy, but we can add context and self-care and and other feelings to the mix. And just again, a caution, like the, the another word that we've talked about is just this idea of being pissed off right? Just being just rankled and irritable. What's the pit? What's the word for pissed off in Finnish? Anu? What's the, what's the, uh, vitutus? Yeah. Vitutus? Yeah. Vitutus yeah. or the verb vituta, which is a very yeah. poignant expression in Finnish, partly untranslatable, but very common for yeah. us. Yeah. And so, you know, like I might, I joke when I bring in humor, you know, that we're climate, you know, climate and these issues make us permanently pissed off. Like they're just, This uh, there's a lot of crappy negative energy here, and um, so we just have to honor that, you know. Uh, uh, and um, you know, my when I when I turned 50, my sister gave me a birthday card with a picture of a grumpy old man on the on the on the on the, on the uh, cover, and it said, "Now that you're 50, you have the, the right to be pissed off anytime you want." Um, And it's true. We do have the right to be pissed off anytime we want with all these issues. These are terrible issues. Uh, but what do we do with that? And how do we join together? And how do we be our best self? So that's the 
That's the question. So we'll put some of these links and, and resources in the in the chat. We've only just scratched the surface of this very important um, and deep topic, but it, I, I thought it was really helpful to chat through it. I know I'll bring away some positive energy today. Um, so thanks, Panu. Thanks, Thomas. Um, it's been a delight. Yeah, and you listeners, take care of yourself. You can find us at climatechangeandhappiness.com. And um, good luck on having many different kinds of feelings and sticking with your values. You all take care. Take care. The Climate Change and Happiness podcast is a self-funded volunteer effort. Please support us so we can keep bringing you messages of coping and thriving. See the donate page at climatechangeandhappiness.com.